Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 300th edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, Nestlemania alongside for the ride is a man that was, well, folks, he was signed to a company. Now he's a free agent, and people are thinking he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. JC, are you going to be in the Royal Rumble? Hell yeah, I'm always in the Royal Rumble. If freaking Knoxville can be in it, JC should be able to be in it. I'd do a much better appearance, but also Nestlemania, you said 300? This is Sparta! Fun fact, I've never seen that movie. Really, I've I, I think I, mean, I would it's enjoy one of those it though. Movies like it, it is. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. It's not. If you're looking for substance, maybe not. But it is. It's a blast. So I, I, I recommend I it. Go back and watch it someday when you have some downtime. Yeah, when I have some downtime, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I told my wife we're gonna write a book called "In My In My Free Time." Dot dot dot. Because you just gotta cut out sleep, man. Yeah, fuck it. That's that's one third of your life. I, the kids already cut out a bunch of your sleep, anyways. Why don't you just cut out some more? Well, whatever. And we're not cutting anything out today. It's three hundred. It's a big day for us. We're having a good time. All right, let's get right into the shine. Nobody wants to talk about our lives, so we're gonna get right into the shine. Always in the shine is Mandy Rose, obviously, as you mm. you've said many times. Mm, took you three hundred episodes to acknowledge it. I don't have to acknowledge anything. I think I acknowledge how much you and Danny Grimm would love Mandy Rose, but that's besides the point. I mean, and we're not alone, Nestlemania. Uh, she has more Instagram followers, right, than everybody else in the world or something like that. I forget what it yeah, was. Yeah, definitely more than CM Punk. So. Well, uh, look in his it, eyes. No, I think it was she has more Instagram followers than CM Punk and AEW combined. Well, I don't know if it's combined, but we can do the math. And no, that's out. what that was the stat. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not even going to get into this argument. It's not even that, worth that's, it. I'm just saying that's the stat. So she has a bigger reach than they do on Instagram. That's true. Well, I can figure out why. Anyway, this is about good stuff. Uh, that is good. That is good stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Uh, I, I think I'm going to start off in the shine because personally, personally, I think I can't not talk about this right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen. Please be what I want. I think that graduation segment yes! was the best segment so far of the year. Yes, I know. It's been like three weeks in January, but I'm going to put this up there as a top 25 promo of all time, I think. Okay. Wow. That is... That is high praise. That is a way different discussion that I'm not prepared. No, to no, have. no. I well, but, maybe not promo, but segment, segment wise in the WWE, in the in the last ten years, I haven't been this excited for something. I thought this was outstanding on all accounts, all accounts. It was an absolute blast. I mean, you know how I feel about these guys in general, especially Chad Gable. So seeing him getting an opportunity to just show how good he is at not just the wrestling, because we know that, but this guy has so much charisma and so much untapped potential. And pairing him with Otis has been perfect. We mentioned the history last week. But, of course, that segment was good on its own. When you bring out Riddle and he just starts riddling, like, that is just, like, that's when you go from great to, inc- like, better than, whatever you want to call it, better than great. In- impeccable. It was, this, was, this was so much fun. Riddle's a gift. The Alpha Academy is a gift. Having them win the tag team championships last week was the right move because we can get more of this. We're going to have a segment next week, the academic challenge, that I cannot wait for because you know what? I'm sick and tired of all you people booing education, which I just – every time – like he said it again, and I just – I popped again. I, I can't help it, but it is such a good line. This is so much fun. They, they really went all into this segment to the outfits, to the music, to everything else. It was just every. This had everything you were looking for with these four guys. I think of all the bad segments we have to deal with, like the Bailey, "This Is Your Life," just things that come to mind. And I sat there; I had no expectation for it whatsoever because I didn't watch it live. I stayed off my timeline as best as I could, and I didn't have any inklings to myself thinking this was going to be good. And then the moment Chad started talking, I went, "Oh God, they're going to realize. They're going to fucking realize how good he really is." Like. We like you said, you you know in the ring when it goes, he's 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 a stud. But that moment, and I'm not saying he's on the same level as this guy, but uh, there you can't help but draw a comparison to Kurt Angle when he's doing the whole like, don't boo education. We're in Oklahoma, like vintage 
first year Kurt Angle, why are you booing me, people, kind of stuff. Now, obviously, Gable's been around for like 10 years now, I think, or something like that. Something nuts. But God damn it. I was watching this thinking to myself, the conviction, he believes, and he just owned that microphone. He did not stutter. He didn't wait for anything. He knew exactly what he wanted to say. Otis kind of was, you know, Otis, which is fine. He's a big meathead, you know, whatever. And it was the, it, it's the perfect compliment. They're honestly the perfect compliment for each other. And I, I loved it. I, 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 I could not believe how much when I, I still love it. I went back and watched it again and I thought, am I, am I talking out of school here in terms of segments? I don't know if I can think of a better segment that'll stick in my head for a long period of time. Recently, recently. Um, there are some maybe for the wrong reasons that might, but in terms for of a positive good, reason, I don't yeah, think po- it is. positive. This is, this is one of the better ones in a while. And I just yeah. like, I will say this. I mean, this is what I truly believe about Chad Gable. If Chad Gable was four to five inches taller, he would be, he would probably have a Kurt Angle type career, but he's not, he wasn't blessed with height. Like some of us aren't, some of us are, but uh, if he was, he would. And cause he's that damn good, but it's, it's he's always been stuck in these tag teams, which he makes the most of them. As we said in rain, now he's getting an opportunity to do more. This is why when that draft happened, and I was looking at the moving pieces. I'm like, the biggest winners might be the Alpha Academy going to Raw with that extra hour. Because we saw little pieces of the potential on SmackDown. But SmackDown, especially when you have the top teams that they've had down there up uh, on SmackDown, it's kind of dominated the scene. So those guys always come in and they're more compliments. Whereas on Raw, they get a chance to be more than a compliment. And they've worked to this point. They've earned it. And they've reached the pinnacle of the Alpha Academy right now. Oh, you're going to make a transition to the pinnacle? MJF, perhaps? I'm just kidding. Hey, you know what? That do you want to talk about probably the second best thing of the week? Sean Spears promo on Rampage. Mwah. You talk about untapped potential and a guy who could be a top guy if oh if they ever God. wanted to get there. It's him. That you can't tell me that promo wasn't phenomenal. I gotta tell like, you if you if you show people how to cut promos, that is a perfect example of what to do. Because his pacing, the way he addressed the crowd, everything he said, it was perfect. It was it was a flawless promo. And he's always had that ability, he just never showcases it. So him and Chad Gable, co studs of the week. Boom. I, I do have to say this to you. I think you have a lot of credibility, JC, but then you open your mouth and you say shit like that. And all I can think See, about I disagree is, because is, when I go when I go on my timeline, unless like you are you've always been a Sean Spears hater. I think not you're a just hater. because he gets to stick his penis in Peyton Royce. Oh my god. So a lot of you get jealous about that. I think our boy Grimwood's the same way. But when I look at it, it's always people have always talked about Sean Spears being underrated. And he always has been, because you see these glimpses like, man, this guy is good. But it's just and we kind of had this discussion with the whole like thing, and Joe said something that I completely agree with. This is he never has really put himself forward because he's always been a guy that's a teacher, and you can tell it. I kind of felt the same way about Tyler Breeze. These guys are amazing, but some people are more built to be teachers than to be the features. And you know, I think they fall in that category. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But the great thing about Sean Spears, he quickly became AEW's Dolph Ziggler, plug and play guy. Dolph Ziggler got an opportunity when he was going to be a world champion. Sean Spears, probably by the time he got to AEW, a little too old to have that type of career. But there's a reason that guy will be around forever and is the perfect plug and play. He's a stud. He's a stud. There's no issue with credibility. Do I go a little over the top saying he's the greatest of all time? Of course. But we all do that with everything to get the point across. But he is an incredible performer. That was an incredible promo. And he he is probably going to have to drag CM Punk to a six-star classic. Yikes. The one thing I will say right there in your whatever the hell you just said, verbal diarrhea, you did say something that I think is a T-shirt worthy. You did say some people are teachers and some people are features. If that's not a quote that you if you didn't make it up on your own, copyright that shit right now. As that's I was good. saying it, when I said teachers, I'm like, ooh, that rhymes with features. I got to nail this. You so, did. I fuck, You yeah. fucking nailed that. So Sometimes I botch those because I get this great idea in my head and then words, my mouth goes flafluga. Yeah. But no, that you, one that one came out exactly how I thought it, which that, it rarely That happens. right there, listen, I threw all the garbage <laughs> you just came out of your mouth. Teachers and features. The, uh, honest to God, JC, if that's not a shirt on tpublic.com slash Dobberknocker by the end of the week, I'm going to be very upset. You know what? You know, there are exceptions to the rule, though, because some people like me are teachers and features. Oh, it's like rock and roll. Oh, and then you put that taste in my mouth. Well, you know what? I know what I want to transition to next. Are we done with Alpha Academy? Go right ahead. Is you know what? We're talking about 300. There's a certain number that could be in the 300s. And uh, we may have broken a personal record. But there was a WWE world record broken. Aaliyah 317 said, I just rolled up your ass, baby. I fucking, honestly, in terms of WWE, this was legitimately my second favorite thing of the week. Because they took something that has been just so like whatever. A performer who kind of like 
made the debut and they took away like her big moment. And then she just, they do what they always do in WWE with a lot of the new, especially in the women's division. They throw them out to the side. Big reason why someone like Tony Storm walked out. Um, but the reason why I love this is because they made something that like a lot of times you stick the new girls with Natalia, like whatever. And it's like, oh, whatever, you know, just kind of see what she's got, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of it doesn't stick with you. But they made this into something that will stick with you and gave Aaliyah something now to work with, which they don't always do with new talent. Because we talk about it all the time. We see someone, oh, they're great in NXT. They're great here. But in terms of WWE with this massive audience and with so many people on the show. You gotta give them something to nibble on. And they gave Aaliyah something great. And now she can run with this Aaliyah 317 thing. Natalia's kind of made her own thing with the assistant on Twitter that uh, people are really enjoying. So, you know what? This was great. And the 317 is incredibly impressive. But I, I would beat that record if I was with Aaliyah. So. We're gonna let that one sink in. The one thing I could think about was that nobody actually went back and replayed it to make sure it timed actually to 317. Don't but, care. No, I, I hope it did, but no, I don't care. There's no, there's no, there, like I, I watched that back. I went there, and I, I, I don't care enough to go and, and time it. But all I could think about was they had that graphic ready. You know what I mean? So it was like it didn't matter. Well, so they have all their graphics ready. It's scripted. No, I know, I know. I just it's, <laughs> it's a lot like uh, on the logical standpoint. And I know again. Shut up, Adam. Who the fuck is Adam? But it was hard for me to watch that and go. There's no way she fucking did 3.1 seconds, sevens. But I appreciate the fact that it's her thing, and that that's fine. It's funny. I appreciated the one thing I did appreciate more about this entire segment, whether it was backstage or in the, in the whole the whole preface of it all, was they made fun of the fact that the Guinness Book of World Records didn't mean anything, which I thought was very ballsy considering the amount of shit they were touting for for you know Natty and for Aaliyah to be like, I didn't know that was still a thing. Oh my god, you know, like, oof. I, that, I think that's the other thing too. Is I really hope she's a gooder. Uh, she's a gooder. She's a better actress. She's a yeah. Easy for me I to mean, say. Because I I was watching this going, either she's really good at this like you know ditzy blonde, even though she's not blonde thing, ditzy human, and then maybe she's even better if she's like a heel or something or a bitch. But God, like I was watching this thinking to myself, if this is what she is, like she's eating scenery to the point where I'm just like, whew, she is really over overdoing it. So let me start by saying I do really like Aaliyah and I really appreciate her story because that back in the day, that show Breaking Ground or whatever yeah. it was on the network, like she was obviously very young and we know she's kind of been in the WWE family forever. It was just kind of NXT. She was never a top person. She was always just kind of like person like would come out and lose like, you know, that's she, you know, just that's who she was. She was always like the side piece to something or whatever. And I like I, I appreciate all that, but I don't I mean. I'm not looking at Aaliyah and being like, ah, oh, future women's champion. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not looking at it with that, but there's a reason why they stick her around. They've kept her around because she definitely brings unique things to the table. And I think she can, um, she definitely does have an ability, but I, yes, I think the acting is never going to be a strength because we've never seen it. And she's been there so long that a lot of the times the prospects can be like, oh, that person's going to get better in a few years. She's been in the system a long time, and this is the progression. So I don't know. But then again, sometimes the easiest way is to do it on these bigger scales and to learn in front of the crowds. So maybe she will. But she's not someone I'm going to put my flag in the sand being like, oh, yeah, she's going to be great. She's going to be a future world champion, like blah, blah. I, I don't know if I feel that with her, but I do think she deserves to be on the show. And giving her something like this, I think she can run with. And she's someone that she's clearly kept the job around for a reason. And she's very well liked by all her peers. So I'm rooting for her, for sure. Anything else you want to put in the shine? Yes. Um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yet because you like to get a little insane sometimes. Oh, Did yeah. you enjoy Sammy? Sammy was phenomenal on SmackDown. Like this was, he took, I look, look, Johnny Knoxville shit. I don't really care about whatever. But what I do appreciate when they bring in these celebrities that I don't care about is watching the people that they pair with them and watching them succeed. We've seen it with Miz, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Those are like my big three that have always been. When you bring someone in, those one of those three guys is usually involved because they fucking thrive in this shit because they're so good and they're willing to look like a jackass. So, pun intended. There it is. Sammy always looks like a jackass. I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought it was perfect. Heel great, you know, like kind of just the old school heel. Like, I'm going to get injured. What, you want to see me get injured? Like, what's wrong with you people? I, I, here's, here's the difference that I really enjoy. The people that you, that you mentioned, the Mizzes, the KOs, and the Sammies. If you're willing, not just to show your ass, 
But if you're willing to actually be a bad guy, you know, because it's a scripted show, be a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Owens, I'm starting to love the, the liar portion of Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn is, has hit such a great stride getting into this whole thing with Roman and then Brock. It seems like he's in some type of groove. So I, when I was watching in Zayn, I went, this is a perfect set. You know, like, do I want to see Johnny Knoxville in the Rumble? No. Do I want to see, is he going to get tossed out pretty quickly? God, I hope so. But enough to show a graphic for his, you know, his movie, and that's fine, and probably eliminate Sami Zayn. He'll get a pop. It'll be great. He'll probably get booed, too, until Omas sends him over the top rope to the, you know, <laughs> like you said. Uh, but I, Sami's done a, a phenomenal job with just dog crap. Just dog crap over the years. So do, do I think he's going to get the IC title anytime soon? I don't know. I feel like I mean Nakamura would actually have to defend it. He hasn't defended it in 117 games. Worst champion in WWE. It, it might as well be called the Screensaver Championship because that's all it is. It's just there. It's a, it's a mirage. So you wake up. Oh shit! I got to do it. That's what it is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's useless. It's 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 a shame. They need to get that off him immediately because uh, yeah, this this is the worst reign of all time. I think. Really? Anytime. Wow, old time. Yeah, I do. I just I think it's gotten to that point because at least like other bad reigns, occasionally like they'd be defended or referenced. This thing's barely even referenced. Something else that I actually really, really, really enjoyed, uh, which we didn't talk about very much. I didn't necessarily like the uh, that that what happened after it, but the Usos doing intros on SmackDown, oh my god, I couldn't stop laughing. The way that they were like, you know, doing the referee from the boxing gimmick, and then they were like kind of Jerichoing the intros and stuff. I just thought, man, they're so fucking good. Like you, you forget that they're not only just a great tag team sometimes, but you forget. Like, they can cut decent promos, welcome to Uso Penitentiary and all this other stuff, but when they have the moment to be, like, goofy or charismatic or just do something different, you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? You know, because most of the time it's just, we're unstoppable, we're Roman's lapdogs, we do all this stuff, and and then they do something like that, and I went, huh, wow. Well, that's, you kind of hit on it there, it's just the last year they've really been so linked to Roman that... It's like they're not really showing these personas, but they did something like this a couple years ago with them, and they did similar intros, and I remember it being a blast, so I'm glad they kind of did it again, because it did. It's just like, these guys are good. They're incredibly charismatic, which you don't always get in tag teams, and it's just right now, the two sets of champions, I think, are incredibly charismatic groups, and I think that's a lot of fun. I just have to say very quickly that when I watch something happen, right, like, Roman Reigns said something... And I'll say it here, I guess. Roman Reigns in the Seth Rollins segment. For the most part, I didn't mind it, right? I thought it was okay. I could put it in my heat. I could have a conversation about it. But he did... I, I, we, we can talk about it later. But he said this one particular line where he said, the shield is beneath me now. And all I could think about was, motherfucker, you got two other people behind you. You're in a trio. Yeah, you might be the leader. But you were kind of the leader of the shield anyway, so I don't understand how the shield is yeah, beneath Well, see, it started kind of as Ambrose and it kind of transitioned to Rollins. He was never really... But I definitely, yeah, he, he like, I think that's kind of what makes Roman so great is that he's not like, he definitely backs it up, but like the best heels are always a little delusional. Yeah. He is definitely a little delusional by, by like saying all these things, but it's like, well, you've had the Usos, you've had Paul Heyman, like you've had fucking a turnbuckle getting cut when the lights went out that never got acknowledged. Um, Cause we we're too busy acknowledging you. We didn't acknowledge that. Exactly. That poor guy hasn't won since, but that's all other thing. But yeah, I don't know that. We can, we, I mean, if you want to talk about Reigns Rollins here, we can. I, it was fine. Um, it wasn't, my expectations when these guys are together are so incredibly high that it's going to be hard for them to reach it. In this one, I honestly don't really remember much from this besides the shield references and like the over the top shield references, which makes sense. But I don't think this was anything where I'm going to look back and be like, oh, that was a great promo. It was, it was fine promo. There was nothing wrong with it, but it didn't really do anything for me either, if that makes sense. I think the lead up was better when you're like, holy shit, they've been here for 10 years. And like you did, you watch all those packages and you're like, those are the, those are the things that shine and like, oh, leading up to the Royal Rumble, this is going to be an incredible thing. And I would imagine the match itself will be incredible because every single time yeah. they've, they've delivered or over delivered. So I'm not worried about the <laughs> matchup. And I think the story is there. I'm just curious. If Seth has to pull double duty all the way to the Royal Rumble, I know we're only like a week or two away, but it it is hard to me because when I was watching that promo, it was like, oh, they're making it seem like such a big deal. And I was waking, waiting and waiting and waiting for something to be said that felt like a big deal. And the only thing that even came close was like, you're wasting my time. I'd rather headline with a megastar like your wife, which was a good punch. Yeah. Wouldn't a KO punch, but it was just like, he's heard that before. He's heard all of this before, so it wasn't like anything groundbreaking or anything like that. At least Seth 
here's the other thing too, and I think this is not necessarily a disservice, but I started to notice this last night uh, on Monday night. Excuse me if you're listening to another on Monday night. Rollins is in this weird, do we boom, do we cheer him? It seems like they're starting to cheer him. That's, uh, yeah. And then there's Roman Reigns where it's like, we're kind of cheering him because of the Brock thing, but we're not. And it's just like, I get shades of gray are great. And you can, you can sell me on that all the time. But I don't know. For me, I always. Roman's the heel. Roman's the heel in this. I know, but I feel like, I just feel like when I'm watching something, you can't tell me that you don't watch television and think to yourself like, yeah, that guy's a fucking asshole. That woman's a bitch. I hope she gets hers. And then at the end of that, you know, that story arc, they get theirs and you're like, yeah, you know, you get excited about it. But when I watch this stuff, sometimes I think to myself, yeah, you can sell me on the layers and yada, yada and all the background. But at one point, just pull the fucking trigger and be like, dude, I'm the fucking tribal chief. I'm better than you in every single solitary way. You look like fucking Jack Nicholson's discount. Stop it. You know, like get down to the dirtiness of it all. Like get. Get in there and make Seth Rollins a babyface for ne- for just for a month. He can turn around, and cut a promo the night after the Royal Rumble, uh, Royal Rumble after losing. You know what I mean? And, and well, so here's my thing because my only honest takeaway from this is, and Rollins said it, "You've never beaten me." That's right. my only takeaway is that Reigns has never beaten Rollins. And if at some point we think this Reigns thing is coming to the end, the next few months, he needs that final definitive notch on his belt. And I think like this is what I started to think about this week of like, man, why did they like fast track this? Well, because it seems like maybe he will be losing at WrestleMania to wh- whether it's Brock or someone else. <clears throat> he needs that final notch in his belt, and he's never beat Seth Rollins. So to really cement his title reign and this in phenomenal reign, I think he needs to beat Seth, and I think that's why they're doing it. So, like, I don't, I'm not buying into the fact that Seth is going to win this and bring the title over to Raw. I legitimately think this is a final notch in the belt for Roman Reigns here as we head to WrestleMania. That's my main takeaway because I think the way that they're beating over ahead that Seth, that he's never beaten Seth, that's all I can think about now. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, again, we'll be curious to see what happens in the Royal Rumble because honestly, it might as well be called Shell Game at this point because it seems like everything's shifting. Well, I, I love it because everything is like in the balance because it's like you could make an argument of either t- guys losing the titles, both guys retaining the titles and maybe what's, if one of them loses, go wins and wins the Rumble and there's yeah. other contenders. I think they've done a great job in this build. But Nestlemania, we have gotten very deep into the shine here, and we have not talked about my match of the week. Oh, boy. Because some of the segments are so good this week. Sheamus and Ricochet, when these guys get together, is such an absolute delight. Their pacing is always good. You always have the great high points with Ricochet, and Sheamus is just so consistent. These guys, if, even though they're like on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of ground game and air game, Ricochet's one of the more consistent air guys. Sheamus is probably the most consistent ground guy. And like these two, like, there's always some ingenuity. Like, I love the finish. The finish of Ricochet doing his slippy dippy thing and bro kick, boom. Perfectly executed. These guys, like, some people are just like, whenever you stick them together, it's always going to be a classic. I think we saw this match several times on Raw, and I just didn't care. I watched this, and I'm like, man, I could literally, this is one of those matchups I could watch every week because it's just so much fun. And what I love here is there's a little extra reason. It's not like they just did a random match, like the AEW. Like, oh, random people fighting. It's like, no, they had a reason for the feud. Ricochet broke the nose of his protege. So you add that in it, and it just kind of makes it like, this is what I'm looking for. When SmackDown was in its glory days like a year and a half ago, they had tons of this type of shit where everything was not only meaningful, but it was fucking good quality shit. And this was just that perfect, absolute delight. I actually had it in my notes too that this was a really good matchup and for all the reasons that you just stated. The one thing I will say is it added a little, I know you're going to laugh at me and you're going to say, yes, Lane Bell, I had him, but who the fuck is that? <laughs> but it did feel sloppy at points, but in the right way, like a, like a fight, you know, not like a, like I, most Sheamus matches do. Right. And I think that's the reason that that's where I can forgive a ricochet match because I'm okay with it because there's something about the authenticity and the fighting style of Sheamus that it goes, you fucking pirouette over here. I'll fucking kick your ass. You know what I mean? So I think that that, when I watch that, and it gets a little sloppy or it misfires or whatever. It's like, yeah, if you're in a fight with somebody like Sheamus, it's going to get ugly in a bar, you know? Like, so I, I think I tend to forgive people that wrestle Sheamus a little bit more because he's a little bit of a stumble and bumble and kind of guy, you know? So, but it, it again, like you said, styles clash and styles make perfect sense here. And it made a lot of sense. And I was very excited and, and uh, they got time. It seemed like they got a little bit of time. You know, they probably yeah, can this is the type of matchup you want to give time. Like when I'm look when I'm looking at like the perfect wrestling show, it is a balance between how <clears throat> like that having those fun segments, but like you need to have a couple quality matches that mean something in it. And 
SmackDown, when it's at its best, is perfect for that. So, anything else? Because uh, I got some stuff. Uh, you have more shine. Uh, I think I have one more, but it's not what you think. Okay, but... I have like three quick shines, but let's hear your big shine first. I want everybody <clears throat> to stop what they're doing. If you haven't already watched this, and go watch the Acclaim music video. Oh yeah, so good. I just I I had to put this in my shine. Two grown men going through a goth phase. I just I could not I couldn't stop laughing. It's in my head all week since Friday. Holy shit, was that fucking good? Just the whole music video was great. I know they're gonna get their ass handed to them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The claimed is the claimed is the best. They are the best at this shit. It it makes perfect sense. I think they're super shine worthy. I mean, Max Caster, just in general. I feel like Anthony Bowens is more of the um, just the guy that does better in the ring. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I think he's, he's just a, a stud in the ring. But he's yeah. he's not just the guy that carries the boombox and yells, you know, where we are. The acclaimed have arrived. You know, like he's more than that. He's not just Billy Gunn. But I mean, like, essentially, I mean, Billy Gunn's pretty great fucking too. But you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a great comparison, I guess, if you look at 100%, it that way. Like these guys, honestly, like I didn't really, that didn't really click in it until you set up. And I'm like, these guys are very much of that road dog, Billy Gunn yeah. type of things for obviously completely different reasons. But like in terms of a tag team, it's like, uh, that's probably why like it's just they like, bring like I said this we were talking with our boy my our boy Cap at work the other day because he brought this up as something that he absolutely loved and I said Tony Khan's got to listen up because they need more of this shit in AEW yeah they really do they got to mix more of this stuff in because they have a lot of talent like the Acclaim that can absolutely nail this fucking stuff and you have to mix more of this stuff into your wrestling show I agree hundred percent and I think that's why I put it in my shine because there's a lot of AEW that I'm just like this is good but. Why am I watching this? Why do I care? I don't fucking care. Well, like Adam Cole shit. Like, great. I love Adam Cole, but he's got his fucking like entourage with him. And all I could think about was that's a lot of fucking setup for something that I don't give a shit about. I was going to say, uh, are you but, ready for this? I don't think I've watched an Adam Cole match without fast forwarding in months because wow. a, lot of them are, a lot of them are multi-man tags, which a lot of the times, unless if I'm like just like doing other things and have it on the background, I'll have it going. But in terms of sitting down and actually watching, I haven't had much of an interest for it, especially because you know, then I see Bobby Fish and I'm like, ugh. But I just, yeah, it's a shame because as you know, Adam Cole is one of my favorite wrestlers going right now. But it's just like so uninteresting what they're doing with him. That's not, we're in the shine. That's beside the yeah, point. That, I have a couple of quick, <clears throat> couple of quick shines here. And you can, uh, once I get through my three, you can react how you'd like, whether you liked or disliked. But Mad Cat Moss beat Kofi. Love this. A lot of fun. Fuck y'all. Mad Cat Moss stud. My second. Omos literally just dropping Reggie and getting the win. Fucking mwah, perfect. I couldn't have drew it up any better. I fucking loved it. And then I didn't love really the rest of this, but the Hurt Business, I told Lassie to suck himself off last week and they fucking did it. They beat him up. He obviously got the edge, but you know what? Justice for the Hurt Business, baby. I love that they were still in the gear and they fucking attacked him. So boom, suck it, Lashley. They're my quick shines. Okay, here's my quick uh, notes to these things. First off, Madcap Moss, his gear is getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and I love it. I think it's hysterical. <laughs> but he's going to end up wrestling in his underwear and suspenders. It's going to be great. I don't know why he doesn't wear a singlet. But again, big, big moment beats Kofi, a former WWE champion. I, I was surprised as hell. And I, I mean, I love Madcap. Honestly, I think he needs he's more great. He needs more time. He needs he needs not just the, the ha-ha time. I think he needs more time. Because honestly, I don't think he's just the, he's just... He's not a flunky. I think there's something there. Like there, when I watch him, I think I've been telling you, yeah, baby. Mid card, mid card title, maybe someday. 100%. I think he's just a good mid card wrestler. Yeah. I need those. He's definitely good. What was sorry? What was the second one? Uh, Omas. Uh, I Dro- just literally picking up Reggie and dropping him, and that was the match. I oh, can't. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the backstage segment with the the guys and girls eating popcorn. I just for some reason started that laughing. Was good. I was like, <laughs> it did make me laugh. That did, I mean, truth always has it. He goes, I don't think she likes him. He's gonna get got. And I went, oh boy, <laughs> like always good for a Bugs Bunny kind of thing at the end there. But the other thing, what was the last one? The last one was uh, uh her business. Her get business. Revenge. So this, so this is more of my. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. A main event and a DQ again. I understood why we had to do it. I get it. I fucking understand it. But all I could think about was here's 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 where I look at it this way, right? And 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 you could talk me into it, and that's fine. No, I'm not. I don't even have to hear what you say, and I agree. But you sit there and you go, the hurt business comes in and beats him up, and then Lashley looks like a fucking stud, right? And on the other side. You have the Usos come in, and then they beat up Seth Rollins because they got to fucking look good, but not Seth Rollins. And I was just all I could think about was I understand it, but what like where are we in this? It's like well, Bobby looks good because he could beat up two guys, but you're gonna tell me that 
even though there wasn't a definitive end to this matchup, right? When you look at Lashley versus Rollins, even though there wasn't a definitive match here, it got DQ'd, and that's fine. I get it. It's Monday Night Raw. Nobody gives shit away for free. You told us, without even a decision, that Lashley has more stock than, than, uh, than Rollins at this point. Because Rollins could They've be They've been take- telling us that for two no, months. And I know that, but this was a definitive... Like, for them trying to skate away with not having a decision or win a loss here, you're yeah. still telling us that the Usos can beat up a Seth Rollins and he can be in peril and he's not got that big enough stock even though he evaded them on SmackDown but Bobby Lashley can look like Hercules and throw out the Hurt Business which again different standings I get it but it just made me go why didn't both of them just stand fucking tall or why didn't both of them just get beat up like for once I can once? tell you why I can tell you why um, I have two points point one this match should not have happened did not need to happen but it's WWE so they always do this that's point one. Point two, the reason why they did it is because they know no matter what they do to Seth Rollins, our opinion of him will not change. Because they know when they want to press the button, we're going to buy in. It's the same thing they do with like the KOs of the world, Seth Rollins. There's a reason why those guys are kind of in the same spot right now. They kind of do it with uh, uh, Finn Balor. They're going to do it with Finn Balor too. It's like, they, we know you care about them. We know that like when we do like click the button to make them legit again, you're going to pop for it. So they don't care. But they know with Lashley, they can't afford to let him slip a little because then people will drop him. That's a fair he doesn't. Assessment. He doesn't have that thing that some of these other guys have where they can just press a button. Daniel Bryan always had it too. That fucking guy could go out there and lose every match. They press the button. All of a sudden, he's the top guy again. Seth Rollins is in that category. Like the other two I mentioned, I think KO and Finn Balor can be in that category. It's like it's guys that everyone always loved no matter what. People are always going to defend Seth Rollins. So they don't need to do shit with him. They, this they need to make... They need to give Lashley more because he's facing Lesnar because they know Rollins reigns. They can have a shit lead up and it doesn't matter because it's Rollins reigns and we're going to care. God damn it. I don't like when you're right. I really fucking I know. Don't. It's, uh, and that's it's, why I said it's this, aggravating. This match should not have happened. It didn't need to happen. But this is what they do in WWE. They always do this shit. They always do it. And like, whatever. You can say like, oh, it was a fun match. Sure. But it just, it just, it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to. Think of the things that didn't need to happen. Charlotte and Lita. That, to me, was a thing that didn't need to happen. And I'm just going to say, Twist of Fate did not look so nice on either account there. And honestly, Lita's never been a strong promo, in my opinion, anyway. And then Charlotte looks like Cruella DeVille meets Celine Dion, essentially. And she comes out looking like, you know, do you believe in love after love? You know, that whole thing. But, like, it it was bad. It was very, very bad here. And all I could think about was you're pulling a ratings grab. It doesn't make any sense. What are you doing to me? Lita's not, to me, the like, I guess it's cool. But, like, when I see if Lita's returning, I don't think it's a big enough deal for me. You know what I mean? Like, Here's, here's my fear. Um, with Sasha's injury and possibly missing the Rumble and not knowing if Bailey's ready, I could see in a world. Because with Becky, they have plenty of people they can have challenge her. We've seen it. There's probably going to be a triple threat with Bianca and Liv. I honestly think that might be where they go on Raw. But I could see Trish or Lita winning the Rumble and taking on Charlotte at WrestleMania. And that... I love both those women. They're legends. They're incredible. But I don't want that now. I don't want that now. And this, this, these types of decisions are the reason why you have an incredible town like a Tony Storm walking out. Because you're just sidelined. If, the, if, the, if this turns into like a cool spot where it's Lita and Shotzi in the Rumble, because um, they kind of were playing that up on social media, and that's cool. Or even if like Charlotte and Lita have a little fit in the Rumble, and then maybe in like like. Leading up to WrestleMania, if Charlotte has the defender title against Lita, I'm okay with that. But immediately seeing this and giving her time, I'm like, man, I could see Lita or Trish winning this thing. Because then obviously, like, they have all game careers. They've done it all except for this because it wasn't really around. So that's what scares me a little bit because I don't want that on the grandest stage. But I could definitely see them doing it. And that's what scares me. And like you said, the segment wasn't great. So I'm just nervous because here's the thing. People can talk about, and again, I loved Lita. I thought she was awesome. Awesome. And then, like, you know, the older she got, the more I watched her and I went, she's she's an attraction, sure. You can put her, her in a tag. The moveset doesn't age well either. Yeah, exactly. Like, the moveset is definitely not there, and I don't think she can keep up, and I don't think Charlotte is going to be good enough, even though she's the best to do it. Even, even the best ever still have limitations with the people they're in the ring with. They can't, like, there's no way that the, coordina- the coordination of Charlotte can't help the uncoordination of Lita in a WrestleMania main event. Now, if you want to do it in, in Saudi, go ahead. Blow, you know, blow your socks off. Go ahead and do it ding, there. Ding, ding. That's where I do it. If you're gonna you know, if it. you're going to do it. But for the love of God, if I have to watch this, all I'm going to be is so disappointed to be like, you're exposing how old she is and how she doesn't move as well. 
You're making, you're exposing Charlotte to like, okay, she's really trying too hard here. It's, it's, it's noticeable. I just want to sit back and enjoy my wrestling. And honestly, I would rather that Charlotte win the Royal Rumble, pick Sasha, and you know, get goaded into picking Sasha. Somehow. I'd rather Bailey or Sasha just win the Rumble yeah, yeah, because they're yeah. winning one at some point. Like, do it now. Yeah, but whatever. It's they, just it's either hard. Of them might be in it, so it's it's one of those. Tough it's things. it's very hard, and I agree with you. And that that twist of fate, like I said, ugh, it just. It's scary. It's scary. Because look, and I love Lita and like, who knows? Maybe she could have one more match with someone. But it's just like I said, don't put it on WrestleMania. Like, give that spot. That's the thing that comes back to is like, I get understand. Yes, sometimes part time stars, if you pair them with an upper comer, then yes, that's a big deal. But when you're taking Charlotte, one of your most established stars and putting her against the legend. That doesn't do anything for me. I like if you're going to have fucking if you want to have a leader, one on one match WrestleMania, like, Give her one of the younger talents, like whatever. But in yeah, terms give her of her shot, give her shot. Yeah, and if you're giving, a, if you're, I'm talking about the championship in Charlotte, I want one of these other either established talents that is here all year round when they're not injured or whatever, or a young up and comer to have that spot. That's just the way. That's just the way I feel. You can't change my mind about it, no matter what. Like if Stacey Keebler comes out in the Rumble, I'll fucking pop because that was my girl. Love those legs, baby. Choke me out, but I don't want her to win it either. But it's just like it's one of those things. It's like. I'll pop for lead in the Rumble. If she has the thing with Charlotte in the Rumble, then sure, that's fine. But don't make it more than that is all I'm asking. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. I really don't. I, I, I'm just, there's a lot of bad taste in my mouth that. Ugh. Anyway, moving quick on. Eats. Moving on, that's Quick some... Eats. Here we go. Uh, Becky has a promo with Dewdrop. It is what it is. Our boy Guthrie loves that accent. It is what it is. We get a tag match where she, you know, Dewdrop forgot to fucking tag herself back in and then did the fucking Dewdrop, which I honestly love the Bonsai Drop. I think that's a great move for her. She should be doing that more. Fucking awesome. So, again, is what it is. Not really that great. Didn't really enjoy that. Then we have what I think, to me, is the vertigo of promos. We had Edge talking, Edge and Beth talking to Reggie and Dana. <laughs> then we went from Edge and Edge and Damien, and, and then, of course, Marie's uh, note got slipped to Beth. Then from there, we went from Damien to KO. And I just, all I could think about when I was watching this JC, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, it was all just like. people are just standing there waiting to chime yeah, in. <laughs> no fucking, like, oh, just, I just happened to be standing there by the makeup cart. Oh, I just happened to be standing there and overhearing you. It just like. I mean, Damien Priest does wear a lot of makeup, so. It's true. He does a lot of guy liner, but that's okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with a good guy liner as long as you do it properly. But what I will say here that wasn't done properly was just, they were all within like five feet of each other, right? Like, what, like, why wasn't this promo like. I don't know. It just it felt like I was watching a game of ping pong or like, you know, like a pinball or something. It was just like Edge was just like the conduit to so many things. And I get it. But then the, the at the very end, I'm like, oh, it's over. Here comes KO. And there was like a three minute minute. Like, I'm like, good God. Like, it was a run on promo, like a run on sentence, but a run. Yeah, promo. it was a run on promo. <laughs> exactly. just like they couldn't do the period T. They had to just fucking kept like stretching it out. It's like, Edge has got to get out of here, guys, and he can't do a promo after what happens to him later, so let's do it now. Let's do four fucking promos in one, and it's just moving on. But again, we're going to throw this into the KO show. Again, usually I like the KO show was fine. They Again, whether you like it or not, JC, KO, and Seth Rollins are headed to a tag team championship at some nope. point. Get a fucking happen. Nope. Get over it. No, nope. It's happening. Nope. But, the they did, match. but I did laugh that he said he was going to bring back the red belt. That made me kind of go, oof, all right. What a way to be a heel. Imagine if he got the red belt back after all that, after all of that. Ay, my, ay, ay, ay. Uh, something else that I didn't really enjoy, Nikki Ash's uh, whole thing there with the uh, the queen. It, it's it's a thing. you know. To... This, honestly, this thing didn't bother me that much. I mean, I'm an absolute sucker for that Zelina accent. I can't get enough, especially when she turns into her queen's accent by the end. It just, it makes me smile so much. Not only because I enjoy it, because I know how much you hate it. So just like that combo, it's like two worlds colliding. It's like yin and yang. It's perfection. Um, but I honestly, I don't, I'm not kind of enjoying what they're doing with the Nikki character. I kind of like how it's always all turned on Rhea now. The way they're doing this feud, I don't mind it. I honestly, cause it's one of those things like I didn't think I would care. They got me caring a little more. So I'm not, I'm not going to hate on this that bad. I'm not going to hate on it terrible. I just think that it's hard because they know they can't have Nikki Ash beat Rhea Ripley. That's the problem. I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, I think if they do, I'll stand here and applaud because that's what should be done. It, it needs to happen. But I don't think that, unless it's, again, by some chicanery, which is fine, I just don't know where we're headed with it. And it's hard for me because I really liked last week where they went with the character with Nikki Ash. And then this week I went, okay, like some people, she had a line in her promo that said, like, some people that, you know, like me, a superhero, have to make difficult decisions and do difficult things that normal people, real people don't have to do. And I went, that that's great. You sold me on that one line. That's fine. But then I thought, why not have... 
them cost Nikki, I mean, it could cost Rhea the match. Why not do that, right? Like, and I, maybe we're getting well, the match there. never started. Right, right. And I, I get that. But it's just like, again, it goes back to my point originally, which was you can't do that because they know that they can't have Rhea lose during Rumble season, it seems like. And maybe after the Rumble, don't matter. But I, I think it's one of those things where, let's be honest, there's probably going to be multiple matches here. Nikki will probably win the first one, but Rhea will win the few. As it probably should be. Because, you know, we know that like Rhea is a face of the franchise type player. Nikki's really good. She had a championship reign. She proved she can be a champion, but she's not a face of the franchise type player where Rhea Ripley is. Rhea Ripley's also very young, so she's not there yet, but she is a face of the franchise player. And we've all seen that since the moment she popped up on our screens on NXT UK. Well, from one segment of a franchise to another, we had Vince McMahon talking to Austin Theory, which, again, I didn't necessarily hate, but based on what Vince McMahon said in a call about AEW's blood and guts and then having a promo about blood and guts and basically dismantling a he man. He does this shit on purpose, man. He is, he is fucking, he has you in a fucking pretzel nestle, man. No, I just, I, 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 could, I can't help, help the juxtaposition. I can't help the hypocrisy. That's all I'm saying is it was odd. It was very, very odd. And all I could think about was I, I love, sidebar, I love how delusional a 75-year-old Vince McMahon is that he can actually hurt Austin Theory. Like, I, I looked at that and I, I thought... I believe it, honestly. I don't believe it one bit. I mean, that Vince McMahon is not coordinated enough to hurt anybody, I don't think. I really don't. I mean, he he would get some shots in, sure. But it'd be one of those, like, you bulldog choke somebody and you're like, please don't, don't. You're going to embarrass yourself. So that was a little far-fetched for me as well, but it is what it is. But hey, Austin Theory got a big win over Finn Balor. Unfortunately, Finn Balor, jobber to the stars. He is the he is the ultimate elevator right can we, now on Raw. Can we can we just put him in a in a in a uh, in a category for the Jobber Knocker Awards next year where he might be Jobber of the Year or Jobber? Hey, of the I mean, year? here's the thing though. Here's the thing. He might go on a Miz like run where he doesn't win a match for three months and then win the championship. Sure, exactly. That's what that's literally what Miz did. Miz hadn't won a match since like November and then became WWE champion. When he fucking, like, after he beat Otis and then cashed in. Like, he hadn't won before that that happened. So, sure. it's one of those things, like like I said about Seth. When they want to press that button on Finn, we're all in. So That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that we didn't really talk about it, but the brick herd around the world. Your thoughts? I, I had no issue with any of this stuff, but it also, like, it's not something that I'm, like, best thing ever. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was, it's like, this is to lead up to Edge and Beth destroying them at the Rumble. You know, you got to give Miz and Maurice a little bit of, like, the dastardly stuff along the way. I didn't mind it. I just couldn't help but fixate. And again, this isn't fair, but it took me out of the promo when she... And this is Guthrie going, see, you're right, you're right, you know, whatever. But every time that she said Beth, it sounded like she said Beth. And I just was like, I know that's her accent. It's nothing she can do, and that's fine. But it took me completely out of it a little time, like... And then, of course, uh, Beth Phoenix talking. doesn't like French people. Compared. Oh, that's not what I said. I just said when you're looking for realism. Not a love resistance guy? Oh, nah, my God. I love Sylvain Grenier. Sylvain Grenier was my man. I fucking loved him. What that about Rene Dupree? Eh, I could have done without Rene Dupree. Although that, 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 that little dance that he did, like nah, when he jumped. Resistance. I, I did love some love resistance for sure. Absolutely. But Sylvain Grenier was my man. I thought that guy was awesome. Fucking awesome. Uh, he had a look that, man. So fucking good. Poor guy got nestle cursed before we even knew it was a thing. Uh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> That's what happens when you cheer him. I don't cheer anybody anymore. That's why. You're lucky. You're welcome, right? Thank I, God. <laughs> I think that's ex- I've exhausted all the options unless you have and you want to get hopeful. Nothing. Glorious! You are my only hope. Would you like me to go or would you like to go? You can go. I'm going to the realm of AEW. And I'm looking ahead to Dynamite this week. I'm thinking, you know what? It's time for someone to have a little one in that zero column on their record. It's time for a man to take a big fat L. And we have the perfect man now to give it to him after Friday. My hope, Nestlemania, is that Sean Spears hands CM Punk his first loss in AEW. Because CM Punk's already screwed over MJF. And we saw last week the Wardlow thing didn't work out. But MJF has got to even the odds now and screw CM Punk. So... Why not do it to Sean Spears, who fucking is just the man? And it would literally piss so many virgins like you off if Sean Spears beat CM Punk. Nestlemania. So that's how, my hope. How dare you? How dare you call me that? Because you know I have children. Like, that's just not even true. I know. It's more, it's more, it's more of like, that's just what I call y'all. You know, so so, so it's it's an erroneous comment because it doesn't have any basis whatsoever is no, what you're saying to me. it's true. It's true because no. you fall in line with that thinking. No, so you, you, you want to call so me a degenerate, wait, wait, wait. that's Hashtag fine. 
JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag Virgin Annihilation. Hashtag Sean Spears over CM Punk. First loss in AEW. Give me all your tears. First off, can we first off, can we talk about how last week I said that I was nervous about this Wardlow CM Punk match and I was absolutely correct? Because I watched you were. and I honestly CM, CM Punk needs Sean Spears to drag it out of him. I, I I you know what? I think I, I you know what, JC? I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna agree with you. When I oh watched God, this when scary. I when I watched this Wardlow <laughs> when I watched the Wardlow match, all I could think about was this match, he's trying, he's trying. And then I went at the end, I went, man, that fucking roll up. Like I get, they love Bret Hart and they want to do the Bret Hart diesel thing. And I understand it. And they did it, but God damn it. I, w- I went there. And I'm like, that was a bag of shit. Like that ending was a bag of shit. Well, no, like I hadn't seen it yet, but I saw, I saw both sides of the argument. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a chance. And like, I saw your comments too. And I watched it. I'm like, I feel the same way as Nestle. So if people want us to come on the podcast and fight about this, but no. one way being better. No, it's not. We're in the same line of thinking. Cause I didn't. I don't care if it's a fucking call. I don't care if CM Punk's done all these great Bret Hart come like callbacks. Here's the thing: for me to like a callback, it has to be good. This wasn't fucking good. It wasn't even. It has to be good, if not better than what it was, and it wasn't yes. either. And then that's at the yeah. part like I love Bret Hart. I love CM Punk. Like those are my like. You asked me my those top. Are, those are Nestle guys. Those, those are, are Nestle guys. top five guys. Yes. Bret Hart and CM Punk are number one and two. Right? Yeah. Like I love them more than anything in this world. That's not true in wrestling world anyway. But like I just. <laughs> I, I watched this and I went like, I am, I am as much as I love Phil Brooks. I'm thinking to myself, he is not a Nestle guy anymore. Like I, I, ah. I, I have watched AEW and I've thought to myself, this is a guy that stood for everything that I love. And I, I love that he came back. I teared up when he returned the whole thing. Like I, I'm still going to be a fan, but like, I am not going to cheer this anymore. I, I could not, I, I thought to myself. I was scared to begin with, and I, I I actually watched this match very intently, and I thought Wardlow looked better than CM Punk. CM Punk can still put together a really good match. Yeah, he's had some decent matches in AEW. He's capable. We're not saying that, but I'm on the same lines where it's like I've gotten to the point of CM Punk the last few months. Like, yes, the promo work with MJF has been great, but in terms of the other stuff, I'm losing interest, and I think it's because a I'm seeing too much of him. B it's like. There hasn't been that evolution yet. It's like, so we always, CM Punk has always been better as a heel, right. as an asshole. Even like if he's going to get cheered, like he has to be an asshole and he's still kind of in that like rah rah territory. But it's like, that's why to me, like it's time. And I'm not just saying it because it's Spears. I think the timing just kind of works out for me to make that my hope is that it's time for CM Punk to get that blemish on him now. Because if, especially if you're like really going to drag out this MJF thing, I need it to be more like, I need to get more into the dirty. And for it to get more into the dirty, I think he has to take that L. And just having Sean Spears come out and gloat out, he's the one who beat CM Punk alongside MJF with the three of them. It's going to just rise up the fucking Wardlow anger and everything else. It's like, in terms of like making sense and really bringing this next level, they have to do it. Do I think they're going to do it? Probably not. That's why it's in my hope segment. But I just think it's, I think that's how you really take this already pretty solid feud and make it next level because they're clearly dragging it out to the next pay-per-view. So the thing I was thinking about when when you were talking was they could do a DQ like they did with MJF, right? Yes. They could have Wardlow powerbomb Spears based on the comment he said last week, right? You I could do that. Cool with that. Or a chair spot because he's the chairman and all that other stuff. <laughs> you could find ways to run it. So I think that's a very astute way of looking, JC. I think you're very ahead of the curve, but I just don't see it happening. I, I mean, I don't either. I, I'm I hopeful Tony that you're Khan's right. Tony Khan's a coward. Wow. Tony Khan is a coward. I do. In, in terms of this, I think he's a coward. And like, it, it's it literally, I like, it. look how they had dragged out the Daniel Bryan one. They literally, like, it just, it's whatever. At least they did it. But this one, I mean, this is just, and we know Tony Khan loves Sean Spears, so maybe he actually will. And maybe I'm going to, like, have to come out here next week. Tony Khan, you're not a coward. But to me, I've just been thinking about, obviously, I'm a Sean Spears honk. I always have been. I'm wearing my Perfect 10 shirt today, Ty Dillinger, 10, 10, 10. One of my favorite Rumble moments of all time, because it's Rumble season. But it just, I, it just makes so much sense to me that this is the time to do it. And especially coming off the Wardlow thing, it's just like, this is the time to do it because you wouldn't pick Sean Spears as the guy to do it, but it just works so well for this little trio that we have going on and all the moving parts. It's just another part that really, I think, elevates this feud. I want to label the episode Tony Khan is a coward and just see how many clicks we get. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what else to call it because it's episode 300, but man. Hey, maybe he'll see it and then he'll have to listen. Yeah, right? And then maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll do it. I'm going to try it and see how much hate we get. We'll probably get zero listeners after this. 
Uh, uh, whatever. We're doing it for us anyway. Who gives a shit, right? Who gives a true. shit? All right. My, my hope this week is something that I didn't think coming out of left field. I, I started to see it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh-oh. I'm excited. Some random segment happened on SmackDown, but it maybe not be so random. At the end of Inzane, you saw Shinsuke Nakamura, but you also saw a clean-cut Rick Boogs. Mm. Right? So my hope here is that not Sami Zayn, not Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental Championship here. I want Rick Boogs to beat Shinsuke after turning on him. Because if you look at that clean cut, folks, I think they look at Rick Boogs and go, that guy's a fucking stud. That guy's a fucking star. You know what I mean? Who did he look like, Nestlemania? He looked like Rick Rude. Kind of, there you go. Ding, right? Ding. And I, I don't know if he's going to do that persona. No, but in terms of... But he I looks think, like a poster yeah. child for something. Like, you could make him somebody that may... Like, you got to get rid of the name Rick Boogs. You got to change it to Richard something or other. But, like... You Richard Boogs, my Or Rick. Rick is fine. You know what I mean? Like, Rick something is fine. But Rick Rugs. Rick Rugs. There you go. Rick Rugs. <laughs> that might be a little too on the nose. Yeah, on the nose. Rick Rugs. You give him the Rugs <laughs> awakening. Yeah, that'd be great. You're fucking great. This is great. Between, between teachers and features and Rick Rugs, you're fucking batting a thousand tonight. Holy God. fuck. That's funny. That's funny. But that's my that that's I think a heel boogs would be hysterical, but also like definitely needed because that mid card on, on SmackDown is in deep, 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 deep shit. Deep shit. So that's my hope. I like it. I think it's interesting. I do want Zane to get it, but I actually like it's Boogs has been a guy that like he's there for the entertainment, but I've never really thought of him serious. But when I saw that look, I'm like, man, they might be able to sell me on this. So I'm open to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're going to go for comebacks? Yeah, Nestle, what's your favorite time of day? Because mine is nap time, baby. My comeback is going to Wendy Chu on NXT 2.0. This might be the most relatable character of all time because I don't know about you, but I'm always fucking tired, man, especially this time of year with everything going on. I'm always fucking tired. I wish I could walk around with a fucking pillow and suck on my thumb and just take a little nap all the time. And Wendy Chu, that's literally what she does. I thought this was cool. The little match that they had, like... We don't like six-man tags, but this one, because she was in it, like, it was actually, I really enjoyed this match, and I love this, and it's one of those characters, like, long-term, is this thing something that'll ever even make it to their end roster? No. But when I look at a lot of these NXT 2.0 gimmicks, the reason why I really love this show is there are a lot of just fun gimmicks taking these characters that we have no idea who they, we, they are and just exposing us to them with these ridiculous characters, but then it's one of those things, it's like, Eventually, they're going to move on to the characters, and maybe we've invested in the people. Wendy Chu seems incredibly talented, so this is a way they tried her in a different gimmick. Uh, that was with Zia Lee, but they kind of like clearly took her out of that. Now it's just Boa. Also, uh, Milk Carton for Zia Lee. Haven't seen her in forever. She's not even advertised <laughs> in the Rumble. That's a weird thing. That's a whole other point, but my comeback's going to Wendy Chu because I just think this gimmick is amazing, and I love it. And it's yet another thing on XT 2.0 that I love. I kind of wanted her to start pitting people with the pillow. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think that'd be great. Or like, literally putting somebody in like, like, you know, be great is if she fucking had like a like a what do you call it? I can't even think of it. But like, she she hit people with the with the pillow, right? And then she'd take the like the sleepover, you know, the sleeping bag, right? And just put it over people's heads and just start whacking them with it. I think that'd be hysterical, <laughs> hysterical. Throwing a sheet over somebody's head and then just like hockey punching them. Oh my god, I'd fucking love that. I'd eat it up every single time, every time. It'd be great. Wendy Chu, stud. Wendy Chu might be the best thing in NXT point, you know, 2.0 right now. Just saying. No, Although LA Knight coming back almost got my comeback, I will say. I, almost, I mean, that, last week's episode was one of my favorites. That episode, like, start to finish was a blast. I really loved I loved a lot of it. I thought there was a lot of there's a lot of uh, meat on the bone there, with especially with Carmelo and then, you know, looking at AJ. But yep. also, I'm excited for Cameron Grimes and Melo. Like, there's a lot to yes. be excited about there. I thought the women showed up real hard, you know, hard there in that six-woman tag. Uh, it, there's just a lot of going on where we're like, hey, you know what? Like, it's not as bad as everybody seems to think. Like, it really isn't. No, it, the, the, the only people who complain about it are people who aren't watching it being like, I wish it was like the old days with all the old guys that never left. It's like, you haven't watched it because if you're watching this, there's something there for you because there's so many different things. Like, it's just a lot of fun. It's just, it's old school wrestling with like young, fresh stars and it's just so much fun. So if you give it a chance, I guarantee you're going to like it. Just don't get on the van wagon. You'll be fine. You know what I mean? Don't stay the Von Wagon. The Von Wagon, the Van Wagon, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. He's, He's back from suspension. Oh, yeah, that imaginary suspension that probably was for sickness instead, but that's fine. Let's move on. My comeback. Get ready, folks. My comeback, very serious. It's for Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. 
Mustafa Ali. There you go. There you go. Mustafa. I do it all the time, too. Mustafa <laughs> Ali. Mustafa. Uh, Ali has been somebody that I've always really looked at. I mean, I watch his Twitter and I watch his videos over and over and over and over again just to see how smooth this guy is. Might be one of the smoothest from transition to transition that I've ever seen. I mean, he might not in the same category, but the only thing I can think of at the top of my head, the rock was very smooth. Not saying he's the rock, folks. I'm just saying there's a transitional that is very hard to do. And some people just have it. He has it. So when I saw that he was asking for his release and most likely will be granted by it by the time we record this and, and put it up, all I could think about was, regardless of where he goes, he will be an asset. He will be absolutely really powerful with his message and his and his look and what he does in the ring. I think if he goes to AEW, not a great idea. Goes to NWA, goes to Impact, or maybe stays in the Indies or whatever. He can ask his own you know his price there. So I'm very excited for him. I've always been a fan, but I don't say it because I don't want to curse him. So he's he's done his own thing. Uh, but. <laughs> I've really enjoyed everything Ali's done. I thought he's, he didn't get a fair shake, in my opinion, you know, because I thought that he can talk on the mic. He can do it all, I think. And again, it, it might be a size thing in the WWE, but he's an asset everywhere else. I think, and I think if you don't look at it from a size standpoint, I think he's 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 an upper upper mid card, could be a main eventer if given the right circumstance, I think. I, I agree with everything you said there. And here's the thing, because it's weird with Ali. Because it obviously is 100% the size thing. It's also the WWE like refusing. We see it all the times with these guys who, if you put this guy in the mid-card consistently, he's a fucking home run. And if you do it enough, he'd probably get one chance maybe at a world title, maybe a world title run. He was seemed close when uh, Kofi replaced him, and then obviously Kofi did it. Like Who knows if it would have happened there, but that was just kind of like, that's the parallel people make. He has that ability. Um but he's the guy that, like, I do think you're right in terms of somewhat with the underutilized because he's a guy that we they never got consistent with. They give you a taste, and you'd love the taste, and eventually they'd pull it away. They never really, like, fully invested with him once the cruiserweight thing ended. Like, him and Cedric, heart and soul. Like, he had some phenomenal matches. He was one of the big reasons that got so elevated and such a peak. There was so much talent there, and him, Cedric, Buddy Murphy, those were guys that really, really, really stood out and then got to the main roster and did have some success. Um, obviously two of them are gone now, but Cedric's still around, but it was one of those things. It's like their size is always going to cap them. And with WWE, we see it all the time. It's such a numbers game. He's the guy that should have been able to overcome it, but there always seemed to be some reason that they pull back on him. And as like, we've seen like his like range is so good in terms of his heel work. And he can also be likable as a baby face, but they just, there clearly was something where they wanted to change. It seemed like they were going to make another change with him. He probably didn't like it and probably thought it was like, you know what? I've been through this a million times. How many times have they changed me? I come out, people like it, but then they kind of like put me in the corner and then that's it. And then they want to change me again. It seems like a never ending cycle with him. So I'm happy for him that he's breaking that cycle and taking a chance on himself. For a lot of people that are as good as him, that have taken the chance themselves and left, they found great success. If you want to call it on a different scale, sure. But I think the most important scale is right here, heart and soul your own happiness. So I'm thrilled for him because I think no matter what he wants to do, he'll succeed. I mean, I agree with you on the AEW thing. If he goes there, there's just a lot of guys there. He'll probably just be one of those other guys be featured early and then kind of be put to the side. Selfishly, that's probably the only place I'll see him. So I wouldn't hate if he went there, but I think he's a guy that could be a complete game changer for like an impact or an NWA or one of these others where he could reach his top of the card potential. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I mean, Jeff Jarrett said something. I think that, is it rings true, but I don't think it's going to happen because it'll muck everything up. But he's, he, you know, they asked him how much talent's out there. He's like, there's enough talent out there to have, you know, number three, four, and yeah, number three, four, and five promotions. 100%. You know what I mean? Because I mean, you look at you look at Rampage. Rampage could be its own brand by itself. You know? Yeah. AEW could do a brand split now. They have that much. They talent. have that much talent, they, and they, they yeah. won't because then it'll get you know even more ridiculous. But they could. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm so my comeback goes to Ali, and I, I think like I I pray and hope that. He gets what he deserves because honestly, he's been fascinating to watch from beginning to end. And uh, I think only the sky's the limit, baby. Sky's the limit, as we say. Big finish? Let's do the big finish. One, two, three, WrestleMania. We're going to start with NXT. We have your dream match between Walter and Roderick Strong. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is doing a memorial service for Pete Dunne. I'm, I'm very curious about that. And the Dusty Classic begins. I don't think we know what match it is, but I'll quickly run through the bracket. It'll be MSK versus Jacket Time, Malik Blade, and Edris Anofi versus Legado de Fantasma. 
Uh, Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen, I just fell asleep. Take it out of the Creed Brothers. Oh, man, that's your match right there. And then my boys, the Grizzled. You got veterans taking on Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward of Chase University. So, Nestlemania, what are your thoughts on NXT? So, we got the Grizzled Young Vets winning. We've got MSK winning. We've got the... the, the Creed Brothers probably the, winning, the, right? the uptighty whitey boys uh, winning. Legato? And Legato versus who? Uh, Malik Blade and Edris Anofe. I feel the guys like who beat Gacy and Harlan last week. Yeah, I feel like that's probably a thing, but for God, for for some reason, I'm thinking because of what happened last week with the whole, there, there could be you know, some chicanery that causes Phantasma. One to, of these, one of these will be an upset at least. There will be. At I, least I would one say this upset. is this this is a bigger upset for me. I think this is this right here is where I'm okay. circling upset victory for me. So who do you think's gonna win? Because I think that'll kind of determine who. I honestly, I hate to say it, but I think it's gonna be the Creed Brothers. I obviously want. Grizzled Young Veterans, they've come up short the last two years. I want them, but I think we're going to have Creeds and Grizzled Young Vets. I think the Creeds will win. I think Jacket Time is going to be the upset team over MSK, and I think it's going to be Jacket Time versus Legato. I think it's going to be Jacket Time and the Creeds, and I think the Creeds will win. I think based on, I think it was at a promo last week or two weeks ago, I think we're headed for we're headed for MSK final with the Creed Boys and the Creed Boys winning. I can see that too. That's, I was, I, I was... I was what I was really hoping for, which isn't great, but I think this would be kind of cool. Would be that MSK is in the finals, gets eliminated, not eliminated, but like can't show up because Gacy and Harlan beat the shit out of them, take their place, and then they win. <laughs> that'd be great. I think I, that'd be great. You know how I feel about Gacy and Harlan. Man. Yeah, I think you that'd be great. Just... I mean, honestly, it makes no sense because I, 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 I always err on the side of uh, the Dusty Cup is like the smudge tag teams. It's not necessarily like real tag teams. They broke. They broke in the trend. I think the MSK last year, and then I think the year before was it a real tag team? I, I can't remember. So. I don't. I don't They're go that far. They're starting to buck the trend. No, I know. I just it feels like that. That's been the the trend. That's how it was. It was like Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. It yeah. was always the random. Yeah. But so that's how I feel about it. But I agree with you. NXT's got a lot of good stuff going on. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So Dynamite, they have a loaded card this week. We already talked about CM Punk and Sean Spears. We also have a mixed tag match. Adam Cole, baby, and Britt Baker. Sorry your Steelers lost. Uh, taking on Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. We have Stain and Darby Allen taking on the acclaimed, coming off that great video. We have FTR versus the Nightmare Families, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. And then we have the House of Black with the new Brody Kane alongside Malachi Black taking on the Varsity Blondes. And we also have the return of the true TNT champion, Cody Rhodes. What are your thoughts? Uh, House of Black, please be like less than three minutes because I just want to see get those guys get destroyed. Sell me on Brody Kane in 30 seconds because I know nothing about him. Mini Strowman worked his way up, did a lot of awesome stuff in Ring of Honor. If you want to go check out those highlights, do it. He's a big brute that runs real fast. You like big guys that run fast, Ferrari kind of body. I do like big guys that run fast. So he's, he's one of those guys. He is kind of an oaf though, which I know you also like. So I think that this is going to be a perfect swing for JC. Like, I think, like, it's not Stroman-esque, okay, okay. but I think if you tailor it down to, like, a six or seven He's Strowman, a lot smaller than Stroman. That's why, like, yeah. I need, I'm like, I need a little bit more here because he doesn't have the size. No. But I'm, I'm intrigued because everyone has been talking about this guy for months. Yeah. So, like, I've been curious. I've obviously never seen him because I haven't watched Ring of Honor recently besides Quinn McKay stuff. Um, so... He's a yeah. good heavy for for black for okay. sure. Okay. And I think that I'm, I, I'm you, willing to give him a shot. If you Let's look, go. if you look at him more as, and I think if you take a step back and you look at him more as a, he's uh, uh, an appetizer to black, and he's also okay. a decent tag guy. I think you're gonna be happy with the results that you get. So like, scale down to about a six or seven for Strowman, and think about it as more of a like, kind of a fast Ophi dude. And I think you'll enjoy Tyson, it. like a Tyson Tomko. A little bit higher on the Tomko. Remember scale. him. I think he's a ten on a Tomko. He's a ten okay. on a Tomko, seven on a, on a <laughs> okay. okay, I can work with that. I think you'd enjoy. Honestly, I think going with no expectations, I think you'll be surprised. I really do. Cool, I like it. Uh, but to go back to the rest of the stuff, I can't believe Brock Anderson is on my television again. Already, get him off my TV. I don't fucking wow. care. I want he's FTR so to raw. smash he's him. He's so raw. Be patient. I I just can't. You kidding do it. me? FTR is gonna fucking do all. Oh they can my god! I know. I know. Because I know. They like these like FTR like. Man, they they really are the they're they're my favorite tag team in the world for a reason. They're just they're just so amazing. I I, I love I I cannot wait to see FTR smash in the Briscoes' faces. Like I I want me them too. I me want too. them to beat them so Let's bad. Let's go. Yes. I am I am a hundred percent on the FTR side. Like I look at that and I'm like, I I want them to fly into a crop circle and beat the shit out of those guys. Like I just <laughs> I cannot like their promos. Like even though they don't normally swear and they swore in that last one, I was just like, oh my god, the visceral reaction from those two is just so. Great. Like, even if they like each other, they're doing such a great job. 
the, you know? this when when FTR left WWE, they wanted the Bucks and they wanted the Briscoes. Those yeah. were their two like their like dream things. So they obviously have already got plenty with one. So I can tell you like that, like they are so fucking excited for this. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. Gonna be a good time. Uh, well, sorry, what was the other stuff? I can't remember. Sting Co- Darby the acclaimed. We already know that Sting and Darby are gonna win, even though that's and in the mixed tag match with. So here's, uh, so here's the thing, right? Like I understand on what was it Friday or Wednesday? I can't remember what it was, but it was they they had they paraded out everybody with his fucking entourage, and I'm like, okay, great, wonderful. Here comes Adam Cole with his 14 fucking people, which again. His Paragon, is that what they're calling it? The Paragon or something weird like that? They made a reference to that, yes. Okay. I don't know why they don't call him something else, but whatever. It's fine. That's whatever. The Era of the Undisputed would be a good name. Yeah, sure. Like the Undisputed, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's stupid. But anyway, so you have that. Then you have the Young Bucks kind of like whatever in the background. Then you have the Britt Baker thing, which I get. I understand. But all I could think about was they're going to have that mixed tag. Then what? Like they're both gonna go their separate ways again. Like then you know, like you can call. I mean, at some point, to. this Adam Cole Orange Cassidy feud has to end, right? So I hope to Christ it does, because honest to God, like I, I was watching this thing and like, great, like they're gonna beat Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy, but then what? Like I get it, like what? Like then what? Like you're just a- floating. W- you're floating. AW a- is a lot of very like week to week pops, which for, for them, like like. They seem to always come up with more, so they haven't run out. But it's kind of that's kind of the AW thing. It's like they have a couple long term stories, but it's mostly like week to week pops and like just throwing out awesome matches, which you know a lot of the fan base like is okay with. I'm okay with it most of the time, but yeah, there's definitely there's not there they obviously have the long term thing going here with Adam Cole, but it's just like we've been treading water for like two months, dude. So I agree. This is a little different. I agree. All right, anything else? Nope. Ah, uh, Cody. Oh, yeah. What are, what are I, your expectations? I, I hope I hope he says he's not he's not showing up because he's not under contract. That's what they should do be funny yeah they should they, they should have them literally do the fucking cm punk thing in the crowd have them blow a kiss the oh yeah that'd be great uh the other thing too is very quickly the the birthday celebration next week for maurice oh yes that's right that's the thing i'm not excited about that at all because i know a cake's gonna it, get smashed in her face but it that's involves exactly... the miz and maurice so i'm excited okay and then next week is the brock and lastly weigh in which you know is uh, if you can go from the agogo weigh in i don't have hopes for anything that goes in with yeah, a weigh in that that couldn't have gotten worse so i think this is this is gonna probably be one of those ooh, not good i think wwe is gonna do a much better job than like baby AEW. at the time AEW, that's the reason why i'm calling it they were very new and they didn't do many of these types of segments and they clearly were not prepared for it i'm just saying gimmick the gimmick the fucking thing just gimmick the scale baby gimmick the scale that's all we gotta yeah. do and of course the academic showdown will be automatically mm. the shine next week anyway no matter what so it is what it is I think that's it. I think we've we've exhausted all our options, JC. I don't think there's anything yeah. else. Uh, there's probably stuff for SmackDown, but I don't remember it. It's so. okay. We'll find out next week. It's fine. Whatever. Or they're coming up on Friday. Excuse me. But I'm excited. I think we did a great job in this 300th episode. I want to first. I want to make sure that I say thank you to you for 300 episodes because I know that's a lot of fucking time of your time. I want to thank all the boys in the Jabba Knocker, the people that aren't with the Jabba Knocker anymore, that are still part of the family. Uh, I, I can't. There's too many to name, so I apologize. I'm gonna forget all of you if I forget one. So I'm not going to do that, but you know who you are, all the staff, the TJs and everybody. I'm sorry. I had to name TJ because he does an awful lot of work, but you know the rest of them. Fuck it. I'll try it. Tell me if I forgot anybody. Trav, Guthrie, uh, Todd. I'm going to go with the regulars. It's you, me, TJ, DQ, Ray Ray, Dom, Joe, Conway, Danny Grimwood. Did I forget anybody? Uh... I'm, I'm, Brandon I'm gonna and Billy. Brandon and Billy. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. For, see, I knew I was going to forget. The Real Deal B. Cox. The Real Deal B. Cox. What an old hashtag. That guy was fucking I awesome. I loved him. Uh, but uh, hopefully I didn't forget anybody. I'm going to make sure on this chat. But anyway, if you want to say anything very quickly before we wrap up about 300 episodes or anything like that, go right ahead. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We hope you keep listening. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep this thing rolling. 300 more, right? 300 more. That's six more years or five more. Only five. We'll be well, whatever. Yeah, I'll be 40 by then. All right, anyway, on that note, that's a depressing note to end on. Uh, we thank you for listening to any of the Jabber Narcos, let alone 300 of them, and we'll be back next week with 30 hopes for the Royal fucking Rumble. Let's get hyped for that one, by the way. Oh, yeah!